This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work, capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger. And today I am delighted to welcome Kent Donguines to the Why Your Screen Scene podcast. Kent is the filmmaker behind Kalinga Care, which screens at the 2021 DOXA Documentary Film Festival. Kalinga Care is about women, specifically women who leave the Philippines to work in Canada as nannies and caregivers. Since the 1970s, the Philippines has pursued aggressive labor export campaigns, perhaps more so than any other country in the world. It's why we have the Live-In Caregiver Program in Canada, which has brought many Filipino women and men to Canada to work as nannies and caregivers. These women face a multitude of challenges in their work, all of which are largely underreported in Canada. Often these women are mothers who must leave their children in the Philippines in order to raise other people's children here. And they do so to send money back to the families they've left behind. But there are human costs for this aggressive focus on labor export, and it can come in the form of loneliness and broken families. In Tagalog, Kalinga means care, and Kent's compassionate, intimate and revealing documentary elevates and amplifies the voices of caregivers who are often seen but not heard in this country and honestly sometimes not even seen. Kent Donguines, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene podcast. Thank you Serena, how are you? I continue to exist during these COVID times. How are you? I mean, you. I'm good. I'm good. Here you you are. It's Doxa's coming up, and they're going to be. They are going to be screening. You know, Kalinga Care. I'm sure. You know, releasing a film during COVID uh, at what a venerable festival must bring with it. You know, some some mixed feelings. You know, tell me about that. Definitely, it's it's very. um, I felt hopeful. when it comes to um, the future of the film industry um, mm. and how I'm also really impressed and grateful as to how strong our industry here in Vancouver stayed um, during this, during this unprecedented time yeah. um, with initiatives still going on and with film festivals really taking, taking it to the next level and taking it to the most common platform to get these films in front of the audience. And, yeah. and I'm just really grateful. Um, in general. Yeah, that's good. I'd like a little bit of your, <laughs> of, of how you're feeling. I want to sit more in gratitude and instead of just like, ah, COVID sucks. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's, let us talk about uh, Kalinga Care. Um, t- tell my listeners about the inspiration for the film because I understand, I mean, it is, it is in the film that it's the starting place is deeply personal for you. 
Yes, it's it's very um, it's very very personal in a way that um, when I was young, um, my mom left me um, to become a nanny um, abroad, and at a young age, you don't understand the situation, right? Unless it's really laid out to you um, as clear as it can be, in maybe in bullet form, um, to a point that um, you're just yeah, like it doesn't. Basically, these conversations don't create answers. They, they just end up creating more questions as to why a mother of three at that time had to go to take care of other people's kids. Mm. And, and yeah, you will find it in, in, the, in the documentary too. Like I, I spoke a little bit of it um, in it. Um, but yeah, I, 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 mean, I use this documentary to basically help me understand um, where where my mom was um, yeah. back in the day and what she has to go through as well because yeah like people people are right um, in in a way that um, they would they would say that some people um, would just go abroad make money and become rich but that's that's not really the case yeah. you know and and for me I thought that was the case I thought I thought when I was young. Oh, it's great that my mom's abroad because every time I ask for something, it's always there. Mm. But I, at a young age, it was never, I never thought of the things that she has to go through yeah. just to give me the toy I wanted, the new cell phone I wanted, the new computer I wanted. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and at this point, at this time, it's still, you know, it's still there. Especially I had, especially there were times in my life too that I had to step up as the breadwinner of the family and be the the parental figure to my siblings mm. and and yeah and now that I'm more mature and it was given the opportunity to hear other people's stories and also realize that this is not something what I've experienced is not something extraordinary it yeah. is common it happens across the board especially with with Filipinos yeah. because we as a as a community are very family oriented to a point that we could go and sacrifice just to make somebody else in our family happy. Yeah. I spoke in my introduction about um, the lack of representation in the consciousness of largely white, but not just white, you know, non-Filipino Canadians um, about domestic workers, about caregivers that come from the Philippines, the majority of which are women. I mean, this is, I mean, this, you, you elevate and amplify the voices of, of Filipino women in your documentary. What, what kind of misconceptions do you see uh, in, this, in this country about, you know, the, the, the domestic workers, the, the nannies, the caregivers that come from the Philippines? Well, there's, there's definitely a lot of misconceptions. Number one, I haven't watched a procedural uh, show in this, in this country where there's, there's a Filipino character. Um, majority of the healthcare industry um, are, are from the Philippines. A lot of nurses, doctors becoming nurses in, in Canada. But if you see it on screen, you watch a show set in a hospital or set... Set, yeah, set in the healthcare industry, you'll never see a Filipino character. It's bonkers. So, I mean, my, yeah. my, my mother-in-law is from the Philippines. She's a nurse. Her sisters are all nurses in this country. You can't go into a hospital 
without encountering, you know, healthcare workers that are from the Philippines. Yet you're right, it's not represented. Yeah, somebody who is doing a professional job in the healthcare industry is is ignored and not represented. So that's that's just one. Yeah. And also, there's also this misconception. I remember when I moved to Canada um, back in 2015 um, permanently. Um, I, I was walking, meeting friends, um, and most of my friends back in Ontario were white people, and they were like, "So, what do you do? Are you are you a caregiver or 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 a nurse?" And I was just like, "Okay, now now I have like I've experienced this. Like mm. people automatically divert to like associate Filipinos to becoming yeah as a nurse, a fast food worker, or a caregiver." Yeah, but we are more than that. And on top of that, why would you make such a comment that's a little, um, I wouldn't say racist, but condescending? I would um, say racist. I mean, racist yeah. does not, I personally, this is me, racism does not necessarily have to be accompanied by even the intent to be racist. Yeah. You know, like racism can come in many forms, right? You know, yeah. just sheer ignorance about, about the complexity of Filipino culture, uh, I mean, that's racism. I mean, frankly, I'll, I'll even admit, I grew up in, born in Montreal, grew up uh, between, you know, Quebec and Ontario. I did not know about the, the, the vibrancy of, and, and the diversity within Filipino culture until I met my husband, you mm -hmm. know, who is Filipino Canadian. Uh, and, and it's, it makes me really upset as I have this daughter now who is, you know, she's, she's Filipino, Indian, Ukrainian, English. And um, I, I want, I want her to, I want her to, to be able to speak, you know, intelligently um, with other people in, you know, about all of her different cultures, but yeah. specifically about Filipino culture, because they don't, they don't know, or they'll be like, Oh, my, my nanny was, you know, Filipino. And that's all that they know. But frankly, that's also they know that because that's largely the, um, mm -hmm. the, the way that they, there's the intersection or the, you know, the, where, where they, gosh, my words are flying out of my face. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out in post. Um, that's, that's largely where they interact with Filipino culture. Yeah, totally. And I guess another thing too, like in just um, the idea of misconception too, is like how people um, see being like, just the job in general, like how mm. people see the job. They don't see it as, as the same level as uh, a doctor or a nurse, being a mm. caregiver and a nanny. Um, but what they don't know is like, in order for you to be a caregiver, you need to go to school to do that yeah. in the Philippines. Um, you need, even if you move to Canada, you need to undergo uh, training because you're taking care of other people, like yeah. especially senior care um, and, how, and how you have to you have to be very careful. So I think um, with this with this documentary, um, hopefully it will enlighten people um, to respect um, caregivers and nannies because yeah. it's not just about their sacrifices. It's about them being seen and being respected by the people around them, also by their fellow Filipinos. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you definitely, I mean, you definitely succeed in in showing the humanity of everybody that you you feature in the documentary. 
Um, what kind of film did you set out to make? And how closely does the final product, I don't like using the word product, does the final <laughs> film um, match you know, your original conception? Um, originally, it was going to be, there was going to be so much more um, interactions um, with, their, with their past employers. Mm-hmm. Um, some some patients as well um, that they're currently taking care of, um, but unfortunately I wasn't able to to have that in in the documentary. But I made it work because at that point when we were in post production, COVID was also happening. Um, <sighs> so <laughs> See, that's why I feel the way I feel about COVID, right? COVID. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think that's almost like a, a that's like a happy I don't want to say accident, but. but you know, the fact is you center the voices of yeah. the, the women, the women's voices are, are front. We do hear from, from, uh, oh gosh, the one nanny who's, who meets her, 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 her charge. Yeah, after Maria, years. Maria, yeah. Maria, yes. <laughs> and you see it, so we do get to see that, but yeah, you definitely, yeah. so because of COVID then you were, you really leaned into that idea of elevating and amplifying yeah, those voices. Yeah, we really, we really dove into it in a way that, we just wanted to focus on their on their stories, like yeah. less theatrics um, and also B rolls um, to overlay the testimonies and you know and the subjects that they were sharing. Yeah. Um, as much as I have a lot of footage, um, I kept I kept it to them. I also sometimes people will notice in the documentary I kept it quiet in some of the moments because mm-hmm. I just want people to listen. I want people to listen and really feel what they're feeling. And I think that's the magic of them. We want to say something, but also we want people to feel something. Yeah. What kind of responsibility did you feel towards the women that you featured in your film? Well, I, I looked at it um, in a much bigger picture. Um, Obviously the women I've featured in the documentary doesn't represent the whole Filipino community, but personally I wanted to put the Filipino community on screen um, with such a strong heart um, on top of the message that I'm trying to say. And I think that's, that's what's more important to me. Um, I wanted to become the tool, especially when I was introduced to documentary filmmaking, that's when I found my purpose as a filmmaker. I wanted to become the tool for ordinary people for ordinary people, especially in the Filipino community, to be able to share their stories out there, no matter how how common they are and how ordinary they are in the eyes of people. Yeah. You know, or how like, they ordinary they think they are, because yeah, you know, for, exactly. a lot, for a lot of people, the story is, these stories, each story is extraordinary. Exactly. What did you learn about possibly your mother's perspective, possibly about, about, you know, the, the labor export system in the, through the process of making Kalinga care? Um, well, number one, I really learned that I have to be grateful, um, really grateful to, to my mom um, in a way that I didn't know all these things. Um, this is her version of behind the scenes hmm. um, when she was racing me um, from afar. And, and I have, and yeah, I have to be grateful because 
I still don't know some of the things that she has gone through. Yeah. But definitely some of the things that we talked about um, really resonated to her and it is very common to people. Yeah. So that. Um, second, I really learned that Canada as a country still 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 needs a lot of work. Hmm. Um, as much as we have new programs, new developments um, for, for caregivers and nannies and, you know, helping them and becoming, getting their residency and then becoming a citizen. I think there's still more that needs to be done because yeah. the question I, I want answered, what I want to be answered hopefully soon. And who knows through the documentary is if these people are taking care of other people at the end of the day, who will take care of them? Mm. Like who will take care of them? Yeah. And that's, and that's, it's, it's still, it's still a question to me. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it was answered in the documentary, but hopefully the documentary would inspire other people who are going to be watching and listening to it um, to make and do something about it. What kind, I mean, now we're going to get into the global uh, politics relations <laughs> nature of things, but you know, what, what, what responsibility uh, do you think that the, the Philippines as a government should have, you know, over holding families together, you know, while aggressively pursuing, you know, this, these, this labor, you know, export, because I mean, I mean, to put it very bluntly, you know, uh, human beings are the largest export from the Philippines. I mean, it's very aggressive, you know, and it's largely women, you know, who, who leave the, the Philippines, you know, to go all over the world. This is a very aggressive campaign. You know, do you think that the government there should have any responsibility or any programs, you know, to, if they're going to be so aggressively sending, you know, sending their citizens out, you know, to, to hold their families together back home. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I, I, I just have to say that there, if, if the world or a land is common to everybody, wherever you go in this world, whatever country you're in, then that's great. But one other factor that's very common between all of the countries in the world is that there's one Filipino. And in terms of the government taking on responsibility, I think the Philippine government, like the Philippine government still needs a lot of work in terms of bridging the gap between the Canadian program and the labor export policy, yeah. um, especially when it comes to caregivers and nannies. They need to figure out incentives for, for their families. Like they are leaving to help their families, yes, but they are but they are not present. Yeah. And as a government, we should assure these people um, who are leaving, especially these women who are leaving to provide services for others, that yeah. their family are going to be taken care of while they are gone. Yeah. And I think it's not happening. And I, I don't think it's going to happen soon either. Um, especially with what's happening there. Um. Yeah, uh, we, we will. Um, I mean, Doxa has a, a pretty astounding film about yes. Duterte uh, and um, the extrajudicial uh, killings and um, just the 
the devastation and the despair and um, that is that is going on right now. Uh, a war that's being waged against largely, you know, the Philip people of the Philippines. Yeah. Um, I am very excited about the Filipino Canadian, um, Asian Canadian, you know, in the larger, but specifically like Filipino Canadian filmmaking and artistry that I'm seeing here uh, in Vancouver. Can you talk to me a little bit about the community of which you are, you know, a very important part and, um, and you know, the kind of work that is, that is being created here? Well, it's, it's really interesting that you brought that up um, because we definitely have a lot in store, um, on, at least on my, my team's end, mm-hmm. in terms of bringing more Filipino-Canadian stories in the forefront of just representation and diversity, mm-hmm. um, both on screen and behind the scenes. I'm really happy that I have people who are Filipinos as well um, that I can easily reach out to for support, um, but we're taking it slow. We're taking it slow, but also very sure that whatever content we're releasing that touches the Filipino diaspora, it has, it needs to always have something to say, mm. not just, not just about caregivers and nannies in general, not just the Filipino community, but also our impact to people. Yeah. How did we, like, as, as a community, how are we helping um, the Canadian community in general as a whole? Mm. And, and like you said, with this vibrant community, I, I am 100% sure that people are just, you know, people are going to learn from it and at the same time love it. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kent Tonginez. Where can our fans find you, follow you, um, celebrate yeah. you on people, all the social media? People, people can connect to me um, via Instagram, Facebook. It's just Kent Donginez across Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, they can also follow our company um, Facebook page and Instagram account. It's Aimer Films Inc. Um, we we constantly put content um, for everybody to enjoy. We also share our journey because we also started from very humble beginnings. Yeah. Um, this this company started as as a as a as an experiment, I guess, or or a trial with me and my business partner Maxime Beauchamp. Um And yeah, and coming out of film school, we started the company right off the bat and just went in yeah, in the industry and immersed ourselves because we are firm believers that in order for us to learn the industry, we just have to commit the mistakes that we need to commit um, as early as possible <laughs> and learn from them, of course. I love that. I love that. And, uh, and things are clearly going well. Well, you come back anytime. Uh, and it's so exciting to follow your journey. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Salamat po. Okay, listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners. You can find us at YVRScreenScene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Ferminger, and it's edited by Simon Ferminger. Special thanks to Mariana Ferminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Ferminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Ferminger, Davile for the original music. Wavir Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history. 
the Fish Flight. In the 1980s, the Fish Flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North, before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. Fish Flight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the fish flight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fish Flight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com. <laughs>